aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me are hosts from Texas, starting in Dallas with Meredith Grays Mahan. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning. And in Austin, Texas, Mike Frizz with three Z's L. Mike Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Can I get an extra L, too? Sure. We'll just give you all sorts of extra unnecessary consonants. This is a Monday edition of the show. We're going to recap your latest week of TBTL that was. In addition, we also do a Friday show, and your last Friday show was a darn special Friday show, wherein your other co-host, who's not here today because she's at drunk camp in Portland for the weekend, Christy Wise, Christy Z. Wise, uh, was joined by... Her partner in life and in love and in crime, Jeremy Holmes, for a clip show celebrating the four-year anniversary of TBTL co-host Andrew Walsh. Uh, and that was a fun one. So if you haven't gone back and listened to it, you really, really should. Um, and we'll more about that in a minute on that show coming together. Uh, but first, actually, why not? Let's just do it now. We'll, we'll put that first in the LRB business. Uh, Jeremy deserves a lot of credit for putting that show together. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, we had a really tough week, technically. We Meredith and I um, recorded a show uh, earlier in the week with uh, Don Hafner, and it was a great show. And we really um, we were having technical difficulties during the show, but we could all hear each other, and we were all we thought we were all recording our backups, and you know we thought it's all going to be worth it because. Once we give this Frankenstein of a show over to Bobby or Jeremy, they will be able to put it together and and we'll have a, a great Friday show. We're actually going to, um, I think, maybe push the Andrew show another week or we're going to you know, do the Andrew show and have the Don Hafner show in the in the bank. But uh, her voice didn't show up on any recording. <laughs> Uh, she might be a vampire. <laughs> she might not be real. <laughs> it didn't show up on her backup. It didn't show up on, on what we use to record and hear each other, which is the biggest amazing thing to me. Yeah. Because we could hear her the whole time, so it doesn't make any sense to right. us. Right. And we were recording that conversation, we thought. Yeah. And then she wasn't there. So we don't have any of that show. So we're going to reschedule her. Maybe we'll do the thing that we do where the other hosts will interview her because um, – she was a lot of fun, and mm -hmm. and I don't want to force her to laugh at my jokes, my same lame jokes again. <laughs> she was a good sport the first time. She shouldn't be you know, uh, stuck with that. So because that show uh, crapped out, we had to make sure and get the Andrew show going. And then I think it was on, was it Thursday morning, um, Jeremy's hard drive quit on him? Uh Yes, Thursday yeah. morning, his laptop just um, shit the bed. And, yep. and he and uh, Christy were the ones that had been putting the show together, collecting all the tape. You know, we're all on there, but this was Christy's baby and Jeremy's baby. And they, they, I guess, got everything together, and he was able to do it on Christy's computer, but didn't finish it until 3.30 in the morning on Friday for us to release on Friday morning. So uh, not all heroes wear shirts. And Jeremy is our hero <laughs> this week. Yes, he is. Uh, and he yes. did a great job editing. It yes. was really fun. Yes. Fun to listen to. Now, on the other hand, we have a problem, which is that Christy let Jeremy co-host. Yeah. Well, I was going to let that uh, go. I was going to be the bigger man on that and let that go. 
uh, because well, I'm not willing I, I to do any more work on the podcast than I already do. <laughs> <laughs> and Christy's already paying her penalty, which is that she's been banned from the show this weekend. Yes, and it it really hurts her. Christy does not like to be sidelined for these. She wants to be in the action every time. So I know do I, she she's really really not liking sitting out. Do either of you know what drunk camp is? Because I don't. Um, I I have some context based on what Christy's told the group chat. Our friends. Uh, uh, every year, I think they go down to a fancy hotel in Portland, and by they, I mean Christy and her dads, mm-hmm. and uh, some more of the family, and they all get plastered for a couple of days, which for Christy must be like two and a half drinks. And somehow, they they manage to do it with all of these family members. It's like all the family members they really like, and they somehow manage to do it without the, Christy's mom becoming aware of the situation. Yeah, that sounds right up her alley. <laughs> right, right. If anyone's yeah. going to do a breakout session at drunk camp, <laughs> the finest to... in box wines. <laughs> right. How to be portable. Mm-hmm. So, Christy is off with her family, enjoying them instead of us. Um, and if you're personally offended by that, you should be. We are too. So, mm-hmm. Christy will be back next week. Um, on to. Other LRB business, House Hunters Texas, any updates? Uh, the only updates I have for you is uh, we we backed out of our deal with our original contractor, and now it's just it's a parade of contractors through subcontractors through the house. So oh no, so you're organizing it all then? Well, I guess we're going to have to. It looks like, yeah. um, but uh, Emily, for the most part, is dealing with that part of things. Thank goodness. I don't. I don't envy you. It's not going to be fun, but it'll all be over in a couple months anyway. So that's the way I look at it. One way or another, it'll all, all right. be over. Uh, and speaking of things that you uh, regret or will regret, you have an apology. Yeah, I have an apology. Last week, I talked about how my feelings were hurt when I posted a selfie as my profile picture and someone asked me if I was part Albanian. And I thought that was Reed, uh, but he said that it was actually... Uh, listener Fred and Fred was upset that he didn't get credit for the sweet burn. So I apologize <laughs> to Fred, uh, uh, but Reed spoke up and, and let me know. Uh, good burn. Thanks. Fat face. Got it. Check. Thanks, Fred. You have been posting a lot of selfies lately. <laughs> yeah, I'm handsome. Most I got to share with, with the world with the target dog. Yeah, I love I just want people to know I love all dogs, even if they're ceramic yeah. uh, and fictional. Well, maybe Target can sponsor us next week because this week's episode is sponsored by Timo Sill. And with that, we'll start with our Week in Review. Monday, episode 2065, Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza, Whatever. It's Leap Day, and we open with Leap Day William, followed by Luke and Carrie. Uh, well, Luke. Carrie's there, too. But Luke's in a condo in Port Townsend with high ceilings, which mystify him. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew in L.A. is packing. That was his moving week, so he was getting ready to go. Uh, And Luke gives us his insight that all HGTV shows should simply be called (laughs) I Would Lose That Wall, (laughs) Uh, which I completely agree with. When we bought our house, we have a four-bedroom cape. Uh, If you've been in a four-bedroom cape, you know exactly the layout of our house because they're all exactly the same. Uh, And there's a wall between the living room and the kitchen. And when we bought the house... I got so mad 
every single time someone would walk in and go, oh, you should lose this wall between the kitchen and the <laughs> right. living room. And I would say, no, I don't want to have to turn up the TV to turn over the sound of the dishwasher. Oh, right, right. Well, Mike, you've in- seen my house. It, it looks like they tore about every wall out <laughs> right. it's- that they could. <laughs> yeah, and high ceilings, too. Like yeah. There's no no walls. If Luke all. walked in your house, he would want to... Uh, he would enjoy the fact that there were no walls, but he would say, why can't we get a couple more levels going in here? Right. <laughs> right. You could squeeze a lot more people in this house. Sure, if we just definitely... put a couple couple more levels. I do have a house. Level. My house in Michigan was built in the 40s. It's a bungalow, very common for the, for the suburbs of Detroit. And it is tiny, tiny. And they have so many rooms in that house. Mm-hmm. They're all like minuscule little tiny rooms, and they're all very walled off. Um, well, it was and, all poor and, people. So, yeah. you know, yeah, just, just cramming them in. Well, and apparently the, the original owners, it was a, it was a, a couple and five boys in a two bedroom, one story house. Mm. <laughs> is it on a slab? So there's not even, is there a basement? No, there's a, so now it's, now the attic has been turned into a giant bedroom and the, the basement's partially finished. So there's a lot more room in it now. Okay. And that was so that two people could comfortably live in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I, I didn't care so much that people would think about losing that wall in our house. But the part that pissed me off is that everyone came in thinking it was an episode of HGTV something and had to give me their two cents on all the renovations we should make. And I'd be like, we just spent a lot of money on this house. We're going to fix the things that make it livable. This is not a forever home. Mm-hmm. Our plan's to keep it five to seven years. I, I don't want to find out what disasters lie ahead if we try to take <laughs> that wall out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Andrew's nerves are up and down about moving, and I guess they had a going away party, but he was nervous that he gave people a bad impression while they were there. Are we shocked that Andrew's nervous? Nope. I, I've i been seeing a lot of uh, people coming out um, since Andrew was talking about his social anxiety, and even, you know, we had a show this week, and there was a section of the show about how, you know, he would turn things over in his mind and, and how he would always wonder how things went afterward. Um, I, I don't really, I've never really experienced that. Do do you guys have that where like after a social thing that you roll over, over everything and wonder what everyone thought of you and such like that? I do sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I I berate myself for saying dumb things. Huh. Bobby? Yeah. Oh, I certainly get self-conscious about it sometimes, but I also have this, you know, what are you going to do? Right. It's in the past. Right. Right. You know. I guess I'm just a sociopath or something. I, if, whatever I said, I said. And, you know, like even Emily will later say, why did you say this? What? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There are things that I've said at events, you know, five years ago that as, as, as I'm about to drift off to sleep will start me awake <laughs> with, with a just dread of embarrassment. Right. Yeah. I certainly have a little bank of those moments <laughs> that I'm sure nobody else even remembers. Yeah that I found devastatingly humiliating or embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mike, we already knew you were a sociopath. Yeah. 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 That's that's been out on the table for a while. Right. Um, I wrote down LA ghost. I have a lot of notes from Monday that are small things. I wrote down LA ghosts, but I can't remember the context. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Me neither. Andrew's painting of Genevieve is troubling. It's the greatest thing (laughs) I've ever seen. Mrs. Uh, if, Mrs. If, Bill waving from the window. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
if by some small chance we have any listeners who are not active on the Stens page, please go. Yeah. Page is, is misleading. It's actually a group. Um, but the Stens, I believe the banner picture right now is um, progressive close-ups <laughs> of, of Andrew's painting. It's the greatest. <laughs> because she's just waving from a window. Like, she's one small part of this painting. But it keeps cutting in closer and closer. She's the only person in this town. <laughs> right. And she's wearing Steve Buscemi lipstick. Right. Goes well, all the way down to her chin. It was the rapture. She's left behind. She's the only one. <laughs> Alive in Aspen. Oh, uh, speaking of that, quick tangent. Uh, remember his first painting of the bird smoking the cigarette? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I think he was going to throw it out or something, and, and Lauren in Jacksonville asked, asked him for it or would he even said she would pay him yeah she offered to buy it yes and he sent it to her with a nice card it was so sweet i love it yep um so these are those um those paint and drink wine classes that places do i've never done one of those have you guys meredith you're a girl yeah, but I've never understood the appeal. <laughs> I don't want to go and, and paint the same painting as everybody else. Right. I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, Emily no did it with her uh, with her friend. Uh, and her painting was good. I liked it. And People they... say it's fun. I have a girlfriend who did it for, for part of her bachelorette party um, in Florida. I wasn't there, but she said it was a fun time. I just yeah. don't s- um, think there's any way that I could paint anything that could be recognized as anything. I just don't believe it. That that's my problem. I genuinely know I have no artistic talent. <laughs> yeah, and I that's don't right. care to learn. So, right. and I don't um, like wine. So, what am I doing, really? <laughs> yeah, they should definitely have a coloring book and malt liquor night. <laughs> just, I'd go to that. Just crayons and old English. Sure, sure. Uh, Sam's done it a couple of times, and you know we have this art on the wall next to our other pieces of art. Now, you know we don't have a ton, but. Um, I told her she can't keep going because we're running out of places to hang. Like, yeah, you got to get art. a contract with a coffee shop or something where you can hang them there. Right, exactly. And charge three hundred dollars for. <laughs> uh, sh- actually, so the next time she's going to be doing that is, uh, we're going to, the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania next month for her brother's wedding. Uh, he's from Boston, but she's, he's marrying a girl who's from. Middle of I, I nowhere, South, Pennsylvania. I was. I want to say South Central Pennsylvania, but South Central sounds like an urban thing. No, they live <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Right. <laughs> and so we were struggling to figure out bachelor bachelorette stuff. So the Thursday night before the wedding, um, Sam's Barn other raising? brother, something like that. Sam's other brother is the uh, best man, and so the brother that's getting married is is pretty nerdy and and proud of it. He's a meteorologist, you know, PhD in weather. Um. We're going to take over a hotel room and play video games and drink all night, I think. Mm. Which doesn't interest me at all except for the drinking part, but I'll make do. Um, but the bridesmaids weren't coming up with anything. And so Sam found one of these paint night Groupons in a town nearby. Mm-hmm. And they're all going to go paint. And I guess some of them don't drink. So I'm pretty sure Sam's just going to get drunk with a bunch of boring people <laughs> in a paint thing. At least she'll have fun. <laughs> Uh, so much more. Luke tells of back in the day with a young Addie toting her around in the KUOW station car. Of course he did. 
I think stealing it on nights and weekends. I think I I do have I do have some of this in common with Luke. When I was in uh, graduate school and I didn't yet have a car, uh, I would find reasons to check out the the like communications school vehicles. I would make up assignments. And then there's stuff like there's that. also the fact that you've stolen a car. I hadn't yet stolen a car. At that point, I was just <laughs> well, borrowing I cars. I know this has come up recently, but it still amazes me that you managed to keep that that minivan as long as you did without anybody noticing. Yeah, you have to drive. It, it taught me to drive very conservatively, because at <laughs> any moment, any I, if I'd ever been pulled over, I would have been. Uh, right. It reminded. I've been watching um, Better Call Saul. Have mm-hmm. you guys been watching that at all? I watched the first season. Not. I haven't watched the second. Okay, so I'm 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 not done with the second season, and this isn't giving anything away. But there's a criminal, a very um, green criminal, who, with his first batch of money, real money, he goes and buys a bright yellow Hummer. Oh, good, good. And <laughs> the real criminals are driving shitty old conversion vans. Yep. And uh, the guy with the Hummer, you know, he's he's immediately targeted. <laughs> of course he is. He just can't <laughs> get yourself an '88 Aerostar. No one will ever. Yep. No one. You, well, at this point, you would get pulled over because who's driving an eighty-eight Aerostar? But Those in, in yeah. nineteen eighty-nine, <laughs> it was uh, it was a dad mobile. Mm-hmm. Well, this is just like in Roadhouse when Patrick Swayze puts his nice car away, yeah. and buys the beater and keeps fixing it because he knows he's going to get the crap beaten out of his car by people every night. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so you just got to know when to not uh, flaunt. Yep. Anything that brings it back to Roadhouse is good for me. Yeah. I mean, Uh, how much money, how much money do you think? um, I don't remember if they said in the film, how much money did it cost to bring him to town to take care of the double deuce? It was a lot of money. It was a, it was a lot of cash. I don't remember exactly how much, but. You know, it was a substantial amount of money. I I just don't think they ever said, but I'd be interested because that's, that's, to me, like if you're a consultant for a, a tech firm or something, you're making a lot of money. If you've got to put your life on the line every night, I hope you get you do even better as a consultant than the yeah, tech hazard guys. pay. Yeah, right. Although oh, you do get to meet the most beautiful doctor in the world when you get busted up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you get to just be naked inside, outside, basically outside. Yeah, it's a good life. Is that chi. a positive for you? Yeah, well, you know, it may be a Jeremy positive for me, but but uh, the neighborhood's not going to be the, the the neighborhood association isn't going to be pleased. Yeah, doing my naked uh, tai chi. Monday, Monday's episode was sponsored by Warby Parker. I am only mentioning that as a reminder to myself because I think I need new glasses. Um, your top story is that it's Leap Day and that Luke doesn't understand how Leap Day works. Oh goodness. Homeschooling. This yeah. guy, Luke kind of reminds Science. me of Jeremy sometimes. Like, Luke is a really smart guy. He knows a lot about a lot of things, and he's very curious. But th- those years of homeschooling, boy, you, you get some huge holes in your there game. There are some gaps, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need to get into that, but, but the short version is he Googled it, or Wall Street Googled it, and now he understands sort of how it works. Um. Quick talk about leap day babies and how annoying it is that they think it's funny that they're only aging one year every four years. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, and I made a mistake. Uh, I said that uh, I said DJ turned eight. He actually turned nine. Yeah. Uh, Kirsch is seven. Right. My friend Kirsch is seven. Still seven. <laughs> uh, ja Rule talk. I that didn't was, know he was still relevant. That was an appropriate amount of silence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew tore up his childhood journals. Uh, I can Do see that. Is... I found some stuff that I wrote even in my 20s that is just so embarrassing. So I have gotten rid of all of that. <laughs> I'll probably regret it at some point, but I'm still fine with it. Yeah. Are you talking about the piece of paper where you wrote that you had a gun, Mike? Uh, that, I think I still have that. I think they gave that back to me. Uh, I thankfully never kept any of that as I went. So I have my portfolio. Like I have bad journalism that I wrote. Sure. Sure. I, yeah, I have some of that in, a lot of that in my wake actually. Yeah. I, you know, I spent six months on the copy desk at the Buffalo news writing headlines. So I have a portfolio of all headlines that mm. I'm proud of, but other than that, did you ever, did you ever write headlines you knew weren't appropriate for your paper and just for yourself, you know, like the, the New York post type headlines just to see that you could. Um, usually what I would do is I would write a sarcastic headline and see how far it would get through. Right. The, <laughs> that would be tempting I, to me. Yes. <laughs> I was on the rim, which is what they call the sort of core group of copy editors. But then it would have to go through a slot editor and a senior editor and a mm-hmm. layout person and, you know, them one or one other higher up person managing editor proofing. And, yeah, I would see how far along the joke would get. And they had <laughs> just a shitty computer system from the 70s, the Buffalo News, while I was there. But you could see who made changes when, so I could go uh-huh. back and see who didn't have a sense of humor. Right, right. <laughs> like a, Like when you make your Wikipedia changes, you can... You track who changes your changes. Oh, there's where Guess they got Guess who it me. is by their IP address. <laughs> uh, <sighs> once in a while, something would slip through. And so there's a couple of clips there that I was amazed ever made it. Uh-huh. Uh, I was the first person in Buffalo News history to use the word McFood hmm. on the front page, or probably anywhere in print. You uh, are a food star. And I got, yeah. Well, it was a story about McDonald's and they only gave me one column wide to make the headline. So mm-hmm. McFood it is. Uh, Andrew Tarper's journals, but did give us one quote from 1996. If a dude kills himself during a midlife crisis, was it still a midlife crisis? Mm. He thinks that's still a funny joke. He thinks it was a funny joke in 1996, too. Yeah. I think I think it was uh, a, it was still a midlife crisis, but oh uh, yeah, I'm not going to dissect it. Jokes are jokes are have, gossamer. What you have to realize is that Alanis Morissette's song "Ironic" came out in 1995, mm-hmm. and so he was probably just working on his version. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we get Oscar talk, uh, and I hadn't really thought about it until Monday, but we never got our Tom Tagney oscar special uh yeah you know from the olden days of tbtl uh someday i think it would be fun to have him back if for nothing else than to educate our hosts on culture for oscar talk i mean you could have him or jen or both but um i don't know it didn't seem like either one of them cared very much but which i'm fine with because i don't but it's fun to witness the enthusiasm of people that do you know, and I, I don't think right. I don't care either, but I do miss Tagney. Um, 
Luke tells us about co-hosting with Carrie at this Oscars party in Port Townsend, Burns and Allen style. Um, what is it, their second or third year doing that? I'd rather mm-hmm. see that than the actual Oscars. I'd love to see them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some emails. We get another jingle. We get conversation about coming in over the cheese. <sighs> I still don't get it. Yeah, me neither, but I like the sound of it. <laughs> uh, Luke uh, tells us uh, a story from his NPR days about doing a story where he went up in a plane with a 14-year-old pilot, who he had to correct himself because he originally said a 9-year-old pilot. <laughs> that's, a feel like that's a pretty big difference. difference. <laughs> that's a big difference. Uh, but he trusted his life in the hands of a 14-year-old pilot. You guys, did you go listen to that story or any of his old stories? Mm-mm. No. I've heard some of them, but I don't think I've ever heard Have that Have you heard one. the Super Bowl one? I did. The Detroit one? Yeah. 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 Every one of his stories, his NPR stories, it sounds like he's in a hotel room, but with another person he's trying not to disturb. It is Yeah, he's real quiet, really quiet. low energy. Um, the Super Bowl happened earlier today uh, over at the stadium <laughs> and uh, didn't go well for the Seahawks. I, I, I want to say, this is, this is going on the air. You know, you have to... And then, and then I guess, you know, he brought that same style when he started on Cairo, but eventually, you know, actually pretty quickly, it seemed he got into a more like uh, AM FM hosty style. But goodness, I I wonder if he was coached to be that quiet because he sounded like the the male version of the ladies on the that that host the sweaty balls thing on. on I was literally <laughs> looking up the exact same thing because I was about to say. um Alec Baldwin's probably also in the room <laughs> right. about to do his segment. <laughs> yeah, so they, they're each doing a story and they, can't, they don't want to bleed onto each right. other's mics. <laughs> uh, I noticed, uh, I listened to the podcast How to Do Everything, which is from the producers of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And it's gotten a little more formal, but especially in the early days, it was really just like 15 minutes of them screwing around before each episode. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And every time they go on assignment somewhere, they go record out in the wild somewhere, they'll always say, and you know, we'll, we'll, we're there because we'll be speaking in hushed tones. <laughs> right. NPR <Yes>. tones. <laughs> and I think, I think sincerely that's it. When they're not in studio, I think that they are trained to be in hushed tones. And Luke probably was recording into a digital recorder or something in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, carrier pigeoning his tapes into NPR because it was not yet the current age of technology. I shouldn't complain. I mean, I much prefer that style to like, uh, like Glenn Washington and, you know, other hosts that just, they come at you with all this energy. That makes me uncomfortable. I'm a very or low that key sports person. guy, <laughs> the Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. not, I just feel that's too much attacked, you know, even if they're not yelling about me, my instinct, because I, I grew up in a, with parents that fought all the time. And I was always trying to, like, do anything I could to make it stop. So now whenever I hear someone's yelling either at me or someone else, my first instinct is to get away from it or make it stop. So I'd much prefer the Luke in the hotel room. He's just uh, the Super Bowl uh, was not good. Uh, I prefer that to. Uh, yelly stuff like what's bothering yeah. me about Hillary Clinton these days is she always seems to be yelling at me and I was like, <laughs> stop yelling I know 
You can, you're going to be president. You, just got, you can stop yelling now. Save your energy. Yeah. Yeah. Quit hollering at me, Tony Rizzo. Yeah. God, yeah. that guy. <laughs> uh, we can't end Monday without mentioning that Susie Burbank <laughs> brought a handful of Markdown <laughs> Gogurt to Easter. It's colorful. I think Su- Susie Burbank is the mom we all love hearing about, but but we're glad she's not our mom. Let's face it. <laughs> On to Tuesday, 2066. Oh, Goatly. Uh, we start with Andrew playing with a microphone keychain that he found while packing. <laughs> uh, he's preparing for his travels and uh, tells us that Theo, Theodore Murray, one of the two cats, is going to be his road dog for the trip up. Was that a coin flip, do you think? Or did they go by who likes who more? Like, like, uh, Officer Longhair. What is the other one called? Professor. <laughs> Professor Bananas. <laughs> Professor Bananas. So you think. Officer Longhair. <laughs> <laughs> In case they ever get a third count, I want to make sure we get this down. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So, uh,. President Pussycat or whatever the other one that one is a boy or a girl Theodore Theodore Murray is a boy right but what's the other Professor one? Bananas is a girl a girl okay so they went boy boy yep. girl yeah logic. oh yeah but yeah the way it should uh, be the, I think no, what people have pointed out I mean like a lot of people got on Andrew about you know not putting the cat in a crate while they drive that you know that's your choice if if you are confident in your cat's behavior, which I saw a picture of, of whatever the one was traveling with, with Vives was just sitting nicely on a little cat bed in the passenger seat. Um, but if I had a cat that I tried to take on a trip and where they like to settle when they're bad is like right under the brake pedal. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Dr. Jim put on the Facebook page a story about his wife having to do that and drive down some crazy windy turns going 70 to 80 miles an hour and not being able to use the brakes because right. she'd kill the cat. Right. And that is my worst fear yeah. driving with cats. So I have driven from Michigan to Texas with four cats in my car and they all stayed in their carriers the whole entire time because I was petrified of that mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. If you what have you four, is- you're going to at least you're going to have one rogue. I mean, you, even if three behave. Right. One is going for that brake pedal. <laughs> yep. You just need to um, close off the back seat. It needs to be like a cab or a cop car. Oh, yeah. Right. Just shove some towels under the seats and put some plexiglass up in the back so they can't get from the back seat to the front seat. But they feel, feel more secure in the carriers, I think. At yeah. least mine do. Yeah. The cats would and get into your setup, Bobby, and they would say, I would lose that wall. <laughs> I think the real problem is that Theo loves Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> so there's going to be a fight over the dial if you let the cat out of the carrier. Sure, he's playing all those CDs and the cat's just like, come on. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw a picture of a De La Soul CD, so it's quite a drive. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew uh, takes a minute with his little microphone keychain to be Luke's hype man. That's uh, because Luke starts talking about his his stand up career in in South Tacoma, <laughs> right? <laughs> when he made five dollars to do stand up in an all black club, uh, in an eighty eight, uh, whose whose campaign T shirt was it? Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson, Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
this was a clip that I think originally we were going to include in the Andrew show for Friday, but it didn't make the cut. So uh, instead, let's use it as our clip of the week. Let's take a minute now and listen to Andrew being Luke's hype man. Also, this would be the part where you can hype while I'm looking for okay. the audio. Okay, let's hear it for Luke Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's like I was born to do it. I mean, uh, the, way my voice the, cracks, the way my voice cracks right in the middle of my hype. Uh, not terribly convincing. No. No, I didn't buy it. <laughs> I don't feel more pumped up than I did before. <laughs> I feel like I want to get Andrew a lozenge. <laughs> a bottle of water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we want to break down Luke's early stand-up career, or have we gone down that road before? I don't think we've talked about it here. I, I don't even know if anybody has chosen it as their clip, but it was a good story when he told it this was way back in the radio days the first yeah. time uh maybe we need to earmark that for uh an extended friday episode at some point yeah uh, the, the short version is that um he didn't do too bad as the token white guy yeah I, it sounded like yeah. the room was was primed like anybody could have walked up there and if delivered with enough confidence would have gotten laughs and mm-hmm. I, I felt good that that he went through with it i felt good that he got laughs um i just wonder like after he got through that what I, my follow-up question would be um did it make you want to do more of it or did it make you want to do less of it do less. <laughs> well it was a long road to where he is now but i think in the long run the answer was less yeah I mean, he's learned to channel his jokes into more structured environments like this and wait, wait, don't tell me. Yeah, in front of the pimp convention, just yelling, bitches, be crazy, <laughs> and then just bringing the house down. <laughs> bitches, be shopping. What? Uh, this leads to a whole conversation about all sorts of insecurities, and Andrew has a couple. Um being very nervous about being a pallbearer. I never thought about that. You've been a pallbearer, either one of you? I have Mm-mm. Uh, once, and it was actually under similar circumstances. Uh, it was my great aunt, and uh, we're up in Canada for the funeral, and at the last minute, they sort of said, hey, go do this. And um, I don't want to put any family on blast, even though they'll never hear this, but I have a couple of extended family cousins Um who literally were not pulling their weight or in this case, what? lifting their weight. Whoa. And, uh, there were six of us, uh, but I thought I was going to get crushed. How do you, how do you fake that? You just like set your hand on the bar and you don't, you don't grab it. I mean, they just weren't, you know, for whatever reason, because, uh, my uncle came over to me a little later on that night and he was like, Hey, uh, she, do you notice that it was really heavy shifting from the <laughs> other side? I was so like, it was you two holding the whole thing. I was like, uh, yeah, I, w- I thought I was going to drop it or collapse or something. I mean, that was brutal. Oh, my God. And he said, yeah, I'm pretty sure we weren't getting any help. Uh, oh. And so, actually, I, I realize all of the nervousness <laughs> because yeah. I was really worried. Now, now you're making me us. nervous if someone asked me to do it that everyone's not going to. Uh, I think that was I I think that was, you know, just don't get a couple of teenage assholes in the group and you should be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, Are there women pallbearers? 
Has anybody seen one? Are they are 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 you allowed to be a pallbearer, Meredith? <laughs> I, I'll have to check the law. <laughs> yeah. I just don't. I'm not sure. I I haven't been to. I haven't been to enough funerals yeah, to really observe yeah. that. I don't I mean, see why not. Probably but not. But isn't the your... the job of usher and and pallbearers usually men? Yeah. Yeah, especially in your more conservative outfits. Yeah. 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 It's complicated yeah. work. Men should be the only ones allowed to do it. Absolutely. Um, Although I would I, take yeah, I, I would take a frail a frail elderly woman pallbearer over a teenager that's not even hanging on to the bar. You know a woman wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> no, she would that's not true. make you carry the whole thing. She would not. Yep, yeah, but she would make you stop and ask for directions. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh God, women. Dad, dad jokes. <laughs> uh, Andrew also cut out early on an internship back in his summer youth early college high school days. I don't remember exactly when. Uh, but the part that horrified me about this is that everywhere I've worked, you know, when I worked at the newspaper in Buffalo or when I interned at a small newspaper in my hometown, the last day for interns was always like a special occasion. Like I think there was pizza and cake and thank you cards and everybody kind of coming around. Is there a chance that Andrew didn't show up for the end of his internship and Ended up missing a going oh, away party. Right. What, what? What was it? A broadcast? Uh, Did you mention I, what I, kind I of was? Remember. I don't remember. Because when it's a I'm, broadcast I'm sure he inter- wouldn't... internship, usually the last day they let you like do something on the Go air. Go on the air. Yeah. yeah. I would imagine he would want to be missing for a going away party. Right. Yeah, and he didn't even want to be on the air at Cairo. They kept giving him right jobs. Yeah. So it was probably a good call for him to duck out. Well, somewhere in Ohio in whenever there was a cake. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's all. Luke is also insecure. Uh, And there's some conversation about chasing childhood. Skateboards had come up because we had thought about, I think, propping up the casket on a skateboard in one corner. Yeah. and uh, I think yeah. it was on the list of things that as an adult you want to go back and buy because you couldn't have as a kid. Like a cool-ass skateboard. Yeah, he sounded like he was pretty close to doing it. Pretty close to yeah. making that purchase. Yeah. I'm glad that's a thing I, I passed on. Once in a while I still want to go buy a PlayStation. Yeah. I can see yeah. that. Might still be practical. We don't have a Blu-ray player. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah. Go for it. Treat yourself, Bobby. You've we have it. an Xbox or something that sounds like R2-D2 when you open it up. Ooh. So I'm married to a child. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Duff had a good week. Let's not. Yeah. <laughs> he deserves it. Yeah. Uh, our top story is the goat guy. He got prosthetics what? and walked around like a goat. I know. Did you guys see any pictures of this? Because our legs don't bend the same way goat's legs do. I was yeah. wondering about that, but not enough to go look it up. I think that pretty much sums up why this is the shortest top story of the week. <laughs> TBTL has a long and illustrious history with goats, especially recently, but this was not an interesting story. Uh, yeah. Not as nearly as interesting as the stray dogs they trained as ball boys for the Brazil <laughs> Open exhibition matches. Yeah, that should have been the top story. <laughs> yeah, okay, so... Uh, I have one dog who's not interested in toys or playing at all. And then I have one little uh, fat 
Dachshund mix who would totally go get that ball, and then if you approached her to get it, she would growl at you and snap at you. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wondered how dog slobber affects the velocity of a tennis sure. ball. Sure. Yeah. Because any yeah. Do they reuse ball... them? I thought they were just retrieving them and putting them in a basket or something. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that would be the smart play, I guess. But, but what do you think they are? Rockefellers? How many tennis balls do you think they have at the Brazil Open? True. Yeah. My dog won't chase. I mean, she'll chase something. You can throw a stick or a ball, and she'll run after it and then stand there and look at you yeah, when she gets she'll to it. Figure like, out, yeah, yeah? she'll figure what out it's you... a stick. And they go, why'd you throw a stick? What do you want me to do with this? <laughs> had, th- had this been a pepperoni stick, this would be a fun game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Burbank Springs is considering adding a cat. Um, I don't know. If he can't control that dog, I'd be afraid for the cat's life. And the dog seems yeah. a little emotionally fragile already, you know, like we'll, we'll get into it on Friday, but, uh, Rudy may not be able to handle a cat. I, I think the cat would run the show for Probably. sure. I mean, my dog has always had at least one cat in her life and she's so chill. She lets them crawl all over her and bite her tail and stuff. She doesn't care. Um, but we trust her and she's old and you know, yeah. She's uh, she's not going to bite off their heads, even though she could if she wanted to. Yeah, not a two-year-old uh, lab. That's, no. that's a whole different energy. Let's go to Wednesday, 2067, Secondary Bane. This episode was also recorded on Tuesday uh, to create some buffer for Andrew who's getting ready to move. He's continuing packing. The guys talk about how closets and garages are the hardest parts of the house to pack. Um I've never actually thought that about closets because by the time I get to the closets, I don't give a shit anymore. And so every time I move, everything just gets shoved into boxes and bags and Mm -hmm. I deal with it, but I get where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, But it sounds like he's making a valiant effort to not bring everything with him. I admire that. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been able to accomplish it. So I admire that. Uh, Including throwing out half a spindle of CDRs. I yelled if, if Colleen gets the painting, he could have mailed me that half a spindle of CDRs. I, I work in 2016, but I work with people who never left the the 2000s or the 1990s, and so I still have to burn people CDs on the regular, to the point where I have to order CDRs off Amazon a couple times. Really? Yep. Wow. I'm looking at half a spindle right now in my office, and I could always use more. So notice to all Wagoneers, if you have any CDRs that you're about to throw out, <laughs> feel free to mail them to me. I'll send you an address. Uh, yeah, because we do a lot of applications for grants and things like that where I have to send in audio mm-hmm. uh, samples. And why they don't want me to just send them a Dropbox link is beyond me, but old-fashioned. Uh Luke apparently has a bunch of old episodes of TBTL on CD just kicking around. Well, those are the episodes when he talks about when he threw the this ninja star that he'd pulled out of a, the engine of a washer or dryer at some uh, fat kid in the neighborhood. He, <laughs> that's another classic vintage um, story that I don't think I've seen on a submission, but I need to look closer at the submission. Yeah, or or encourage someone to make that their submission. Yeah. 
Uh, I wonder if you would donate those to the Little Red Bandwagon archive and we can get them to Christy and Jeremy because they could be episodes we're missing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And speaking of Ninja Stars, uh, I believe it was called Homolonian. The thought of cutting up CDRs into Ninja Stars (laughs) to use as nerd weapons. (laughs) You could cause some damage. Yeah, those are sharp. And... uh, You may or may not know this, but CDs are burned from the inner rings out. So you could do that and still theoretically have usable data Hmm. (laughs) on the CDR in the middle. So you could throw like a coded message or a Donovan song at someone. Yeah, more silence that was worth it. Um, We get our most recent episode of Entitled Etiquette. When Andrew tells us about a 28-year-old white girl who loses her shit at the deli counter in the grocery store because she didn't take a number, but she was next. At what price uh, your deli chicken? You know, how how much are you willing to embarrass yourself over your lunch? That's that's my question for this person. And. Yeah, I kind of feel that that white guilt too when it's just me and another white person and that person's embarrassing themselves. Even if, even mm-hmm. if we're not, you know, we're not, we're clearly not affiliated. It's just because I, I can, you can see their thoughts. Just you know, they're look at look at this white motherfucker right here. I've had that same feeling where I stood there for a while and then I finally realized, oh, everyone's got a number and they're ignoring me, and and then I go, oh, my bad. I'll go get a number. Right. Like. That's my fault. Right. <laughs> um, Entitled Etiquette also features Luke talking about a guy in a restaurant talking to someone on speakerphone. Mm-hmm. Banking, even. Yeah. Right? Oh, right, right. <laughs> Not a person. He was talking to an automated bank system. Yeah, but, but it was completely encrypted because the guy was talking in Spanish. So there's just no way uh, for <laughs> anyone no to, to get his financial information. <laughs> Uh, and Andrew also tells us about uh, an asshole ordering teriyaki. Uh, barking orders. Yeah, you got to be nice to the people who make your food. Teriyaki you bowl. This? Teriyaki bowl. I mean, the, the punishment for that is like every time that guy walks in that restaurant, every, the entire staff should yell teriyaki bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wrote down back that up, uh, but I can't remember why. Um, Some sexual reference. Yeah. Used inappropriately by a white person (laughs) or a person with no game or ass. I don't remember the context, but back that up. (laughs) Uh, And thus concludes your latest episode of Entitled Etiquette, Mike. (laughs) As the white men of this podcast, I think you and I have to co-host a special episode. <laughs> take we'll take one of these uh, days. Calls. We're gonna take. Yeah, we're gonna take questions. People who are having problems with their, their. Uh, but only from from white men. Right. <laughs> uh, top story. Uh, there's an automated convenience store in Sweden, completely automated, uh, which reminds us that Luke would have trouble with this because he can't handle his Apple Pay. <laughs> I would go to this, although I was curious how it gets stocked. Hmm. If there's no people there, is it all robots? Because it seemed like what they're selling is the feature that you will just never encounter another human. But 
I guess I like that they would right. st- staff it when they thought nobody's gonna be there because it's open twenty four seven, correct? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Maybe from the outside in, there. maybe 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 you go in and then they they're able to stock the shelves from you know, outside the cases and they just push stuff at you and you never see the person <laughs> right. back there pushing it at you. It's like the- This has the appeal of like an Amazon, uh, but in person. So you can actually go and look at things. Mm-hmm. Right. Unlike the Amazon bookstore, which is just a Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, conversations about debit cards and credit cards with chips. Luke calls Andrew a chipster and talks about how frustrated he is with how much slower chip cards are than than old school credit cards. Uh, I agree and, with him. They're unnecessarily complicated. Yep. I don't know Andrew, what Andrew's working on, but that's not what's happening here in Texas. No. It's bad. See, it's There's always the conversation. We have the equipment, but we don't have the software or you took it out too soon or it takes 10 minutes for it to process yeah. or. Yeah. But the problem here is that Luke would just rather not change at all. And Andrew thinks that we just need to wait for it to get better. Yeah. Well, my my answer has just been to use Apple Pay wherever I can because it's way quicker. Right. And I don't have that handicap that he does. I figured out how to choose the card that I want it to default to, which Luke hasn't. It's a setting. It's a quick look in the settings. That's all you got to do. Right. Um, it's very simple. Uh, I mostly agree with Andrew. I, I mean, I've had issues with it. Yes, everyone yelling. But it's already getting better. Now, the places I shop where they don't take the chip card yet, They've learned to actually put a little sign in the slot that just says not yet, you know. That'd be good. Yeah, so people are learning. It's a learning curve. Let's let's bring this back in a year. I think it'll be okay. Uh Luke wants to see his Uber passenger rating, but can't figure out how. I feel like we had this discussion a few months ago because I, I looked mine up. How yeah, you doing? I looked mine up on 4. Wednesday. 4.9. 4.9, but I bet you're curious. I bet you're curious about I am a that little bit. one four that somebody put in there. Yep. Yep. I also have a 4.9. Am I and, pretty? Uh, <laughs> my guess is that my less than five was the night in Chicago coming back from Alice's when I had to yell at my Uber driver because he drove around in circles not knowing where he was going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, emailer. High ceilings make the rooms cooler. Temperature wise, not aesthetically, although also aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On a Thursday, 2068, Red Solo Cup. Here's where things start uh, to get interesting. Yep. Oh, Jesus. Uh, see, I find these episodes tough. This one was uh, not as... Imp- I thought it was going to be bad. I thought it was going to be... A, but uh, especially toward the end of both of these shows, Thursday and Friday, things got really, really real and personal. And These episodes are better than the episode he reflects on at the beginning of Thursday's show. He's in Portland alone, sitting in a towel, and he recalls doing the show alone from a hotel room in San Diego before going out in costumes to hand out flyers or something. As Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Right. No, it's to hand out 3D glasses to those insurance salesmen. Right. Right. And he was hopelessly hungover. Yes, and the bath and the hotel room smelled like puke because he puked. Yeah. yeah. Too much detail. Too much talk about the towel, too. Way yeah. too much talk about that. Uh, we all know that at some point or another, we've all podcasted semi-dressed. I don't need details. Hmm. You guys dress? No comment. What? What? We I, don't have the camera I, anymore. Ever so, since like... we stopped the video chat. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm at work, so. Of course you're naked. Oh, right. Uh, Luke also uh, complains about his activity watch. He doesn't say Fitbit, but whatever it is. Uh, because it says he was walking half the time on his jog. Uh, yeah, it's hurtful. He talks about interacting. Do you have an activity watch comment? I didn't want to railroad. Oh, no, no, um, no. I don't like those things. Yeah, me neither. I don't like to be, I don't like to be scolded by my watch. Oh, I like it. Well, you're active, I like to track all that stuff. (laughs) But I. (laughs) Right. That's the big difference. It, it, it does shame me though. If I sit down for too long, it's like, hello, lazy ass, get up (laughs) and walk around. Um, but it's good. It's good. Otherwise I get creaky and sore, so. I appreciate it. Is that why I'm creaky and sore? Because I, yeah. I am in a lot of pain today. Uh, Luke had Jen Kirkman on Livewire and uh, had plenty of opportunities to ask her to be on TVTL, but didn't. I feel like they've given up. I mean, didn't they say a while back that they're just not going to do that anymore? Yeah. Uh, and he made it clear that from a personal standpoint, he doesn't want to beg for guests anymore. Yeah. Uh, so why is he beating himself up about this? Right. I, and I'm I, okay with it, although... I, I was go just going to say, I think that um, there, there still should be guests, but they should be guests like... like He may be one more meeting with Jen Kirkman away from being the kind of friend that could just say, come co-host it with me. Because those are the good ones. When right. you're right. in a hurry or... Or Andy, Andy Haynes or Andy whatever. Haynes. And you just do the show with that person. And I think instead of like a guest situation, I think that's that's much the better way to go with TVTL. Mm-hmm. It was at this point in the show when I sent a message to our planning chat. And I said, all of my notes from Thursday consist of a list of people Luke could have called on short notice who would have dropped what they were doing to help co-host for half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and true. that list was... Including, but not limited to, Stubot. Yep. Uh, He's always on deck. Uh, uh, Phyllis Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, any of our blogger emeriti. <laughs> right there. There's a long <laughs> list. No. Uh, including uh, you, Mike Frizzell. Sure. Uh, maybe not us so much, the rest of us LRB hosts, because we've never done it before, but... Uh, you've you've been in that mix often, and I mean you've covered for Luke or been in line to cover for Luke before. I'd put on that uh, towel and get down yeah. the line. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, it's been a while since we've heard from Jen Flash Andrews, who probably yep. could have been gotten on the phone mm-hmm. for fifteen minutes if she had to. Uh, and then from there, you know, basically anyone with over so many follows on Twitter that he, Mike Pesca, uh, Chris Hayes, you not even for the whole show, but like if he was that worried about it. Dan Somebody Pashman. could have given him. Yeah, sure. That's always fun. Um, uh, uh, Camaro Kev. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Or Pinto Ron. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> El Dorado Steve. Uh, so anyway, uh, Luke uh, sort of learned how to play the Transformers theme on trumpet on Livewire, which was a lifelong goal of his. Uh I will tell you guys, I told you a few weeks ago, I hadn't been listening to Livewire regularly. I have started again with the new season, and I'm glad I have. They've definitely tightened things up. Um, the attempts at sketch comedy are gone. <laughs> I think that's what killed and, Wits. Yeah. Like the sketch stuff, it just didn't work. 
and it's getting more comfortable, I think, for Luke. And I will say that Sarah Vowell interview was a little rough. Prickly? Yeah. It lived up to expectations of being prickly, but uh, otherwise, I, I think it's getting good. She's not on that uh, list of people he could have called for. No, I don't think 15 so. 15 to 30 minutes of lively banter. Uh, Luke talks about the sponsors and doesn't know anything about New Haven, Connecticut. So I just figured I would fill in as someone who's been to New Haven, Connecticut. You're not missing anything. Sorry if we have new Wagoneers in New Haven. Prove me wrong. I dare you. Uh, top story. Kanye posts a screenshot that includes a Pirate Bay tab because he commits the rookie mistake of not <laughs> cropping out his tabs. I would like to just make a public service announcement that if you have a Mac, which I think Luke does, there's something in your computer already called Grab. Yep. And it's in your utility folder and you can do a selection or a screen or a window. And it's super easy. I capture selections all the time because you guys know how much I love to share stupid images. <laughs> There's a complicated um, keystroke combination, but I can never remember it. So I just open yeah. grab. Yeah. I keep grab on my uh, whatever that Your bar, bar is thing, called. So do I. Yeah. Magic bar or whatever. Yep. Um, do we have any actual commentary about the fact that Kanye, one of the biggest people to be outspoken against BitTorrenting, had the world's premier BitTorrenting search catalog, whatever, open? Um, I'm not surprised. He's apparently in a lot of debt <laughs> right he can't so, afford he can't afford he can't to afford. buy costly music and costly <laughs> no. content on, on the internet no the trick is to have amazon prime and then to choose standard shipping when you're not in a hurry and then rack up those mp3 credits mm-hmm. yeah uh i assume he has it open to see how many people are BitTorrenting his album like that mm. was my first instinct which is that he's monitoring mm. the situation and it, but if that was the case that was an easy answer for him. You know, it would have right. been Yeah, easy. he could have defended himself right. easily. Right. But he didn't even think of that, Bobby. So I'm guessing that it's not. I'm guessing he was stealing. Guessing he's just looking for all the pornography. When I was, a, uh, when I was at UB and BitTorrenting was still less common than it is now, it was very popular at UB. They had a, a sharing hub just for the university. Um Buffalo was early on the inter-college, you know, networking and file sharing world. Mm -hmm. uh, but the problem would be that people would mislabel things um, and bury porn in oh, your files. Right. right. Mm -hmm. So you would get halfway through like an episode of a TV show or a movie, and then it would just cut to pornography. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, that that harkens back to the old days when you would you would mislabel your VCR tapes. To, to keep your wife or girlfriend away from it. You're like Eagle Seahawks, you know, 1992 or whatever. She was, she's never going to pop that pop one that in. that in the VCR. Right. <laughs> we had a sharing thing at my university. If you were on the university Wi-Fi, everybody, and you said it this way, you could um, grab any song from anybody's iTunes account. Oh. And you needed a little third um app but everybody had it and everybody knew about it so you made your library public and then i would just download just gobs of music while sitting in you know a biology class yeah well that's good use of your time i didn't have mm -hmm. a laptop uh until my third or fourth year of college i had a desktop computer when i got there so 
I still remember burning CDs. See, we're back to CDRs. I remember burning CDs for people at first and then getting on to the Bizarro Hub, as we called it, at UB and being so excited at the prospect of leaving my computer on all night to download one album. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I was still burning CDs at that point, too, because my car only played CDs. Right. So I always needed those still. Oh, my piece of shit Pontiac. Toward the end of its life, the radio would short out. And so I had a CD player boombox, like a like a cheap, cheap ghetto blaster CD that I would put in the center seat in the back seat of my car. <laughs> and I would put it in with the seatbelt. But I had to put like a folded up blanket under it because it would skip because the suspension in the car wasn't very good. Jeez. I used to drive back from Buffalo to Rochester a lot. It's like an hour and a half each way to get to Webster. And Why didn't you mention this last week when we were talking about jury rigging? <laughs> right. Because I'm uh, not uh, going to offend people with my tone-deaf commentary about jury rigging. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, I would put in a CD, and then if the CD stopped, I would have to stop, like, pull over and swap the CD out. <laughs> but it was, like, you know, it was the closest I could get to surround sound because it was centered in the back seat. And I used to burn through D batteries. I would have to stop each way on the trip to go get, like, four more D batteries. That's commitment. Well, it's a long drive in silence. <laughs> uh, Luke says something about Beyonce getting a Brazilian butt wax, which I just wrote down because I think he was mixing his late night TV things. Yeah, you can get a Brazilian butt lift. Right. Hopefully you don't need to wax it. Well, uh, well talk of Dead Mouse. Uh, and Luke saying that he understands Kanye West, uh, hearkening back to his days playing online poker and getting blitzed on Sierra Nevadas. Because <laughs> I'm sure that's what Kanye's doing. Yeah. And then stalking people who offended him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Luke mentions that he once almost tweeted out his tax return. uh which is funny because i assume that was from the same era when luke wasn't doing his taxes so well you could Eh. you could do that if you wanted to like crowdsource your if you want to make sure you're not making any mistakes just if you're famous enough like luke you just put it out there and then people go oh i think on line 46 you need to you know subtract uh 73 from 25 I didn't. I don't right. think sharpshooters. Yeah, exactly. Pilo can do your taxes online. I can't remember if this was on the show or not. <laughs> I told you guys about my really quirky accountant. Yeah. One of yeah. the joys is that he has this little clear plastic box on his desk with a little plastic snake in it, and a label maker label taped on it that just says "ex-wife." Whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's. Doesn't his he have homage. like four different kinds of chairs in his lobby, and his desk is a ping pong table or something like that? <laughs> he does have <laughs> many different kinds of chairs in his lobby, and uh, actually, the chair in his office, when you sit at his desk, it's a double wide, like um, small love seat situation. I have a picture uh-huh. of that too. It's kind of weird. <laughs> um, fainting couch for when you get yeah. the bad news. <laughs> um. Yeah, ex-wife. Uh, I will uh, have to share this with you guys, and maybe, maybe we can make it the show picture for today. It's worth seeing. 
So that's a reason to go to littleredbandwagon.com and see that picture. Uh, email. Jerry equals tone deaf. I think we already covered that. Yeah. Uh, Apu. Uh, we talked about that as well in the past. Offensive, but also some Indian people appreciate it. Yeah, just, just the fact that there was anyone Indian at all on television, right. even mm-hmm. animated. Uh, and this is where things get deep into Luke's head. Because uh, he starts talking about how he should do a show where he just takes questions and then parrots back advice from all of his therapists through the years. <laughs> sure. He does that already. It's called TVTL. Right. <laughs> um. And then he asks us all to do iTunes ratings. It's been a long time since I've gotten a, uh, a since we've heard a request on TBTL for that. Have, have we looked at ours lately? What are people saying no. about us? Mm-mm. I don't know. Mm. I don't care enough. Mm. Uh, everybody, go give us an iTunes rating. Hey, give me a bad <laughs> rating, and then I'll get angry and I'll stalk you and say bad things about the real estate values in your hometown. <laughs> That's right. I forgot that that's what his insult was. He would look up where you he live. He would look up their housing statistics. The- yeah. Says the guy with a $500 credit limit. <laughs> I just sent you that picture, by the way. Okay. Uh, and at the end, I just noted that because he edited edited the episode, there was no Easter egg. Oh. Andrew's been spoiling us. Okay, so the ex-wife thing, oh, yeah. I thought... It, she was like sealed in there. Ooh, whoa! <clears throat> no, but no. She's it's coming com- out to get you. She's coming up out of that box trying to bite you, and I, I would imagine, um, not wanting to kill you because that wouldn't work out for her, but just poison you enough so um, you hurt, but you can still work. Because <laughs> that is a rattlesnake, and it doesn't fully fit in that box. It doesn't it's sideways? <laughs> see that? It's a weird choice. And then there's yeah. a. There's a, I don't know, what is that thing sitting in front of the... A bewildered looking panda bear on a bike? Yeah, there's lots of toys. And then the other one kind of looks like Genevieve in the window, <laughs> waving. You need some lipstick. Yeah, but a yeah, little basically. more lipstick, right. Yeah. Uh, over half of her face. and Yeah. Yeah. I'm also sending you a picture of my accountant texting someone back on his flip phone. Uh, because he refuses to pay for data. We had an extended conversation about that. Mm-hmm. And here's one of the couch and his business card. Who's, is that a bobblehead of him? On it. Uh, that is a bobblehead of... Picard? Yes, I think I think that's a bobblehead of a thinner, younger version of him. You can get your own bobblehead, huh? I think you can. I I'm a, can. I actually am a bobblehead already with my fat face and my skinny neck. I don't need a I don't need a bobblehead version. I am a bobblehead version. That would be a great um TBTL or Little Red Bandwagon fundraiser if we got bobbleheads of Luke and Andrew. Uh-huh. What is this business card supposed to mean? Okay, so on the Rhode Island state tax return at the bottom if you're getting a refund, that smiley face in black and white appears on that line. And if you have to pay <laughs> taxes, there's a frowny face. <laughs> but they're they're speaking for you in that case. I, I think with the if this is this this is a state form, they should be happy when you're going to have to pay taxes and sad when you don't. 
So they're really they're just yeah. trying to represent how they're trying to manage your feelings through the process, and I don't appreciate that either. Right. No, uh, not only do I owe taxes, but you're telling me how I feel about it. I don't, you know, get off my back. <laughs> yeah, uh, and nobody else will understand what we're talking about there. So I'll <laughs> I'll post more pictures in yeah, the. Yeah, better. Please. All of this to say, the accountant is awesome. He must be. He is. He is very much worth seeing. Uh, on to Friday, 2069, the TBTL Family Togetherness Hour. Uh, this is co-hosted by Luke and Carrie and sponsored by Timasil. Uh <laughs> Carrie is the pod wife. And we find out early in that this is the second start because they had a 25-minute false start. And Carrie really regrets that because she thinks the first version was much better than the second version. Uh, I'm not going to argue with her because they got off to a pretty slow start on this second yeah, try. It got really great, but there was a slow start. It was a little I can rough. also empathize with not wanting to repeat your same jokes as if you're just coming up with them. Yeah, right. I like that Luke admits that he does it so many times that he's just used to it. Well, he, he sees it as an opportunity to make things better, yeah. which is, makes it even weirder that the beginning was so slow. <laughs> right. Well, plus he we all... <laughs> right. Right. We all know that he repeats himself all the time anyway, because it goes from Twitter to TBTL to a live oh, wire monologue right. to mm-hmm. if he's lucky... Mm-hmm. Uh, CBS Sunday morning spot. Right. And there's a wait, wait, don't tell me stop in the middle sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's used to workshopping on the fly. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of quotes from the show from Carrie. The first one, if I put this quarter in, will the show get started? <laughs> uh, I love that she just says she was saying that to be funny, but she knows that it must have needled. Luke. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is he's a little sensitive about how how uh not technically proficient he is sometimes. Like I think Andrew helps well, him. It sounds with a lot like of he was stuff. he was working on it for like three hours yeah. and she was just kind of sitting there like, okay. There was a trip to Radio Shack involved. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um Pod Dog is a sixty five pound canary in the emotional coal mine of luke and carrie's life it's funny how they talked about that and then it started happening mm-hmm. during the show because they were they were starting to get a little irritated with each other and he she just took off she she wasn't gonna yeah. be involved. do your dogs do that mike uh the ginger the um the golden mix she is tuned in emotionally she doesn't understand anything but she's tuned in abby doesn't give one crap about anybody who's not holding a snack at this very moment right yeah my my husband has pretty big emotions so when he's upset it's pretty obvious and uh the dog will come and hang out with me oh really instead and kind of curl up yeah she she just don't doesn't really want to be around him because ginger tries to get in the middle of whatever it is to break it up she says it doesn't like the Hmm. discord and we'll just try to nose in and stop whatever is going on in the house uh, we have a cat. The cat's a bitch. Whether or not we're happy or upset, she'll she'll come sit in your lap if you're trying to get work done, and she'll come sleep on your face if you're trying to go to sleep, and it doesn't matter what your mood is. Uh, part of the reason for Luke's frustration is that Carrie broke the printer. By using it, I guess. <laughs> right, by using it. I don't think Carrie broke the printer. I... Uh, I feel like printers work 
maybe half the time these days. Printers work less than they used to work. Technology hasn't been kind to printers. I just got a new one, and it was so great for about three months. And then I changed the ink, and now everything is ruined. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Because I I remember, like, I got my first printer, you know, way back in the day. And and it, it worked and just worked and worked and worked. And now you get a printer, it works for maybe 15 minutes, and then it won't hook up to this, or it won't recognize that, and you're just fucked. But the fumes from all that ditto ink didn't go to your head, Mike. <laughs> Apparently you have to crank did. that thing every time. That's why he thought it was so great. Or did you have to set the type? I was never into that ditto smell. Everyone loved that. My, you know, my mom was a teacher, so it was prevalent, but I, it wasn't my, wasn't my jam. I always liked that. I'm just trying to picture, based on your age, what kind of first printer you had. That's all. It was gasoline-powered. <laughs> uh, yeah, I prefer that smell. Steampunk printer. <laughs> all before the top story, Carrie talks about her feelings. And we realize that uh, Carrie is not getting paid for this appearance, although she feels she was promised $50. Mm. Could get her out of a couple jams. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe get her out of a basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's one night of a really cheap hotel room which might still be better than a moldy pace i think you could get a 50 dollars hotel room at bellingham or bellingham adjacent stay dry <laughs> sneak the dog in um top story question submitted by tens for luke and carrie this is just an awkward box of the some of the questions that were getting asked on this tens page yeah it was quite a variety um, well, what was funny is that there were Stens trying to answer for uh, Luke and Carrie. You know, like the question was for Carrie to take to the show, but the question would be asked under that post, and then people would come back. Well, here's here's what happened, and they were, they were well, you could let them decide whether to answer right. the question. Uh, we do get a lot of history that hadn't really been discussed in detail before, uh, talking about. Carrie first meeting Luke, uh, thanks to an introduction from Don O'Neill, right? Now, Ron did she Dom, interview uh, for the internship, or was she about to interview for the internship when the show was canceled? I think she was doing a job shadow right, that day. Right, She shadowed for a day and then later came on as a post-TBTL era Cairo oh, night gotcha. intern. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but then they met again at a wedding uh, where she came as the strictly platonic date of Sean and uh, Luke was there with Eddie, and they were at the same table. Um, Sean has some balls. I'll just say that. He he will just ask ladies out. He's not too worried about whether they're <laughs> interested in him. Well, we are talking about the guy who made the Call Me Maybe business cards for himself. Yes, yes. I And so. I'd say this was all admiration because I don't have those kind of balls. I have to be pretty sure that a, a woman likes me before I'll uh, ask her out. Well, the trick is to put on your best denim vest and go to the book club. I have been accused of wearing a denim vest when I met Emily, which would explain why she didn't go out with me the first time I asked her out. Yes, it would. Uh, I really enjoyed that Luke said that he was a triple threat and that he was an AM radio host, had a daughter almost Carrie's age, and a gambling problem. (laughs) There's a lot of honesty there. That would have been the math in my head. Dimitri the lover. Really, quite a catch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, more about this wedding. Uh, uh, important to note that Carrie thought that Luke was engaged at the time because he hadn't updated the world on his status. Uh, so, was she a listener? 
that's a good question because she she seemed to be aware enough to know that. Yeah, and apparently she was kind of dancing around that because she said they would, didn't become Facebook friends till after that wedding. Right. It sounds like maybe she was creeping on him. Well, I think I think she was a listener. That was what I gathered that she wasn't quite saying. Well, that's very possible because he did keep us all in the dark about that. Yeah. Right. Uh, Van's just sudden disappearance from discussion on TVTL. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a shame that Christie's not here because this is the stuff that Christie's really good at. Is is these stories? Although yeah. she'd probably put her foot in her mouth. I I guess. But I I've gathered that there was some speculation in the tens community that, um that Carrie was around before uh, Vanessa left or she had something to do with it or whatever, but that's not true at all. So um, I'm, glad, right, I'm glad that sort of came up, or at least that was sort of yeah. covered. The timeline there's of it. There's a pretty you know. clear delineation there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Luke offered and gave Carrie his jacket at this wedding as it got colder and makes the point now that no man has ever done that for a woman without an end goal. I agree. <laughs> I fully agree. But that being said, I mean, Sean probably had every opportunity to wrap his denim vest around her and, and make that, <laughs> make that gesture or lay it down. Well, in that a was a platonic date. <laughs> right. Well, you know, duct tape does have a lot of thermal properties. It probably would have worked. Mm-hmm. Waterproof. Even yeah. though, even though it is a gesture, more or less with ulterior motives, it does require some sacrifice on the part of the gentleman, especially if it's a bit chilly. I don't like to well, be chilly. That's a nice thing yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, logistical question. Actually, not logistical. Just a, a question about weddings. Who isn't trying to get laid at a wedding? <laughs> if you're there with True. a date, you're probably in a hotel room and drinking and out of your routines. There's always hope there for hotel sex. Mm-hmm. But then uh, if you're there stag... I mean, weddings are like prime hunting for yes. a hookup. Mm-hmm. So, you got a yeah. lot of women wrestling with some self-esteem issues usually. Just right. Fantastic. Somebody caught that bouquet, and then six <laughs> more women didn't. I know a woman who hooked up with a guy at a wedding. Turned out to be her long-lost cousin. Oh. <laughs> I, I hadn't considered cousin sex at a wedding, but yeah, so there's danger. There's there's some danger there. It's a high likelihood that a lot of those people are related to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wear a condom when you uh, have your wedding cousin sex, folks. Yep. Yep. What part of the country was this in? Um, New York. Oh. Yeah. Well. Not the South, believe it or not. Everywhere has some of that. So, you know. <laughs> uh, other questions. Uh, the basement leak is in a holding pattern. <laughs> I don't know that we need to break that down oh. anymore. <laughs> that makes me anxious for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're just going to have to regrade everything. We did that at our house in Michigan, and it was a huge undertaking, and we did it ourselves. Yeah. We've, it was awful. We've got one side of the house where we should do it eventually, but again, it's not a forever home, so I yeah. think we're going to make it the next guy's problem. Good plan. Um, DJ asks them on their opinions of ghosts and whether or not the house is haunted. Was this out of nowhere or did I miss something? That's what I was wondering. Maybe under the context that it's it's a hell house in a way or something. <laughs> yeah. Like it's cursed? I mean, yeah. I believe that. Uh, good answers from both of them in that Luke doesn't believe in ghosts or God and Carrie has no <laughs> theory at all. <laughs> she just heard a really weird 
voice out of nowhere once when she was recording with someone. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, those on ghost a ghost hunters. tour, you're kind of primed to hear <laughs> ghosts, aren't you? Yeah. Funny if you're you ever going to hear it, one, that's when you only would heard yeah. it after the fact on the recording that they provided. Yeah. 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 Wait, wait, huh. wait. Don't tell me. <laughs> uh, one more Carrie quote. Luke is a neon Vegas sign. <laughs> Effective from afar, but annoying in your bedroom. <laughs> so buzzy. <laughs> it's a pretty good description. Yeah. 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 That's a good description for the show off demon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a question about flight nerves. This is another one that I thought kind of came out of the middle of nowhere, how they handle flying. And I only mentioned it because I thought it was a weird question. And also yeah. weird that they chose it. Like they yeah. had to pick and choose. Yeah. Their yeah. Questions they they chose some tens. odd ones. I thought, yeah, I mean, good job tens, but like, why, why yeah. ghosts and flying? Um, it did make for Luke getting to tell the story for popping a couple of what he called nerve pills. <laughs> <laughs> like the nerve tonic and then realized his passport was expired at the airport <laughs> and not being able to fly. I don't feel sorry for him about any of this. No. Uh, uh, she uh, called him better... out. She called him out. Cause yeah. he, he got, he was able to get his passport extended without any further effort, which had been asked of him. Right. And she, she said that she doesn't like it when that happens because it encourages his entitled behavior. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, some better questions. People ask how Carrie keeps up with Luke's crazy diet schemes. A lot of eye rolling <laughs> I, is what I gathered. Yeah. Yeah, you got to pull a muscle. Um, somebody asks how many houses they looked at, and we find out that they had actually put in uh, some money on two other houses before this one. And it sounds like they were just fed up and finally took this one and ran with it, which mm-hmm. might help explain why they didn't look a little closer first. Yeah. Yeah, it was a split second decision. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a good way to buy an enormous project. Well, that's not a good way to buy dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I'm guessing is they, they put all this effort into looking for houses and they went through all this um, on these other two houses. And those other two houses were probably structurally fine. It was just, you know, something else. There was just some little thing that they didn't think they could live with. And then by the time they got to that third house, they were assuming that structurally the houses are fine. They've been inspected. They're fine. I've inspected this house. It's fine. They didn't think to like make a, you know, look closer themselves, I guess at that point, I bet they look closer at those other houses. This is me speculating. Probably, probably you get tired. I mean, house hunting sucks. Yeah. Yeah. You get really tired of it. We were in sort of a situation when we bought this house where we were renting and we had put our, put an offer in on another house. It was accepted. And then the, um, inspection came through very, very bad, very, very bad. <laughs> they said, run away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, so we canceled that, but we had already put in notice at our apartment. So we had to get out of there. Um, we get, we had a little bit of time, maybe three weeks. So, um, luckily we found this house and it, the inspection came back good. Um, but I can see just being like, well, leap of faith. Let's see if this works. Yeah. Or, yeah. And you have to. Their inspection apparently came back good on this house too, but uh, it, it seemed like they were probably a little too fatigued to really fine tooth comb it themselves. Well, and it sounds like the inspector did a bad job. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Uh, with our house, we closed 
after some issues with paperwork from the seller on Monday, the 31st of uh, March, we closed just about two years ago now. And our lease was up that night in our apartment. So we went from the closing table to the moving truck to putting all of our crap on the truck. It's only about a mile from the house doing trips back and forth and then going back and cleaning the apartment and dropping our keys at about two in the morning Ugh. for the apartment. And then me going back to the house and changing the locks. It's the last thing I did before we passed out at about 4 a.m., which I think Mike's heard this story before. It was good because the old owner of the house came by the next day to check the meters because he hadn't done it before he left and just tried to walk into the house and realized that the locks had been changed. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, we... We don't have quite the money pit situation that Luke and Carrie have, but we've been through a lot of hell. So I will just say in general, I've appreciated commiserating with them. And I thought it was really nice that Carrie posted the before and after pictures to the Stens page for us. It looks really great. Yeah, they, they did, did a great good job. job. I would totally hire her brother Yeah, uh, if I had money and he was closer. Hey, guys, that before, the ceiling before, what were they thinking with that? The kitchen backsplash was the most offensive thing to me. You mean the curvy cut Yes. <laughs> Made me seasick looking at My it. My guess is that they had scraps from doing the counters and thought, we could do something <laughs> jaunty with this. <laughs> uh, closing question to the happy couple comes from Phyllis Fletcher, of course. And uh, I believe she asked them basically how they describe one another. That was such a good question. Yeah, of course it was from the radio professional. <laughs> yeah. Um, and equally adorable answers that basically they both think the other is both hot and smart. Yeah. Essentially. It's nice. Yeah. It threw up in my mouth a little bit, but it was yeah. adorable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, just an overall reminder that Luke is, uh, out kicking his coverage. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Always has. Music free. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Music for your weekend. Carrie brings us Cass McCombs' Dreams Come True Girl, uh, a song that they heard at the wedding where they met, which I thought was an adorable and appropriate yeah. choice. Um, Luke brings us some Courtney Barnett, Don't Apply Compression Gently. I don't remember if Courtney Barnett's come up on the show or not, but she is really great, so that's a good choice. Mm -hmm. uh, and then listener Jen brings us uh, Mac DeMarco's Ode to Viceroy. Basically one minute of it, and then he faded her out, which I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why Why would you do that with music music for your weekend? At the end, especially, yeah. Yeah, at the end. What does it cost you to just let it, let the song play? <laughs> we chose a song, and we've seen how sensitive everyone is about sending in their music. I mean, Meredith complained just to... last week about her yeah. birds not yeah. getting played. Oh, I'm still very upset. Uh, um, how, how would you like if they you... put it on and then, then immediately faded it out? <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a little <laughs> irritating. But for co I mean, I know they don't care about copyright issues, but aren't you not supposed to play an entire song oh. without? Eh. I mean, they've never really cared about that. Eh, it's never stopped them before. Do they yeah. always fade out that last one? Maybe I just um, haven't been listening to the end of it. No. <laughs> no. Andrew's usually the one who does yeah. it. I think that's the difference. He might have fired yeah. it live and then just wanted to be done. <laughs> He's ready to go. Yeah. I think if they're talking over the beginning, it's okay because you couldn't record it and resell it. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Do you guys have any entire songs you want to run end to end after this episode? We'll just 
Uh, well, just put, but all this music from the early 2000s that I stole from my classmates. Sure. Go through there. Pick out some good. You got it. Uh, or I'll just put the entire life of Pablo. Yeah. <laughs> ah, good call. Yeah. So people, when this episode posted, it's four hours long. <laughs> uh, but that will do some housekeeping. Um, I'm going to be in Seattle. I'm flying in, ideally, March 19th. Uh, I am flying on the unofficial official airline of... Little Red Bandwagon, Alaska Air, uh, and I am flying standby. So fingers crossed that I actually get on my flight Saturday, March 19th. Um, announcements coming soon about some sort of very informal meetup. Uh, we're just waiting for Christy to get back from drunk camp and dry out a little bit, and then we will come up with something either Saturday night or Sunday afternoon. If you have a preference between Saturday or Sunday afternoon, let me know. And I'm also thinking uh, – especially if it's Sunday afternoon, maybe something all ages friendly um, so that the Aidens and Ellie's of the world can join us. So uh, keep me posted. Let me know thoughts on that guys, post them to the page or whatever, or let me know. And uh, we'll go from there. Anybody else with housekeeping? Hmm. Keep uh, on archiving. I'm not the archivist. <laughs> but yeah, keep on archiving. Christy, I know was so anxious about her time off. She asked the archivists to um, get to her by Friday afternoon or that they weren't going to hear from her until Monday or something. This is the first time she's taken off consecutive days from archiving and communicating with the archivists in months. So thank you, Christy. Oh, she deserves a break. For all of your hard work. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely works harder than any of us. All right, uh, how to get involved, you can go to littleredbandwagon.com where you can fill out the form and then we can lose your entire show. Uh, that's what happened to yeah. Dawn. So, it's a fun evening anyway. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And, and I, really felt, I really felt accomplishment in the moment because we struggled so hard to get it done. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, everything's blank. Uh, yep. Facebook, our page is wonderful. Sten's page is the Sten's page. Personal Twitter's at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. At Meredith underscore Mahan, at Drew McFrizz, at RL Pape, and at Dadstronaut. Our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Uh, we did get an email uh, from someone named Hunter. I'm not sure if it was a man or woman, but they let us know that uh, that they thought Bob sounded like Alan Alda, which was, I think, Bobby's original take. Other people said Danny DeVito. Um, and also <laughs> let me know that Academia Nuts was an excellent idea. So uh, Christy wrote. That's why you're mentioning it. <laughs> exactly. Well, Christy wrote back very curtly saying, do not encourage Mike. <laughs> but I wrote back and said, thank you. That's that's what how most people feel is my ideas are wonderful, especially Academia Nuts. Uh, we're going to set it at Trump University campus on uh, on Maui. Uh, Academia Mike, Nuts. I'll be honest. I didn't know you knew how to make a new email address. Um, because what you're saying is that email I wrote in to steal my joke and compliment you. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it was you. <laughs> I am. You, you project things onto other people, Bobby. I, I am not a, uh, I'm not a, one of these people that, that messes with people online or pumps up my own brand. You know, robertpape.com is wonderful. I don't, I personally don't have a website to promote like you do. So, well, you know. That's where I keep my portfolio. And uh, 
some you know well some of us are taking this a little more seriously that's all okay well go to robertpape.com i'm not going to discourage people from that <laughs> um right. voicemail text i uh, wish we had a jingle 802-432-tbtl 802-432-8285 you don't want to make me write it i can't sing so unless we get a jingle soon i'm going to start singing it and no one's going to be happy about that uh i've been catching up on nerd out loud and uh i gotta say they're on fire it's a good podcast mm-hmm. Yeah, enjoyed it. Um, there was a there was a recent MI jerk on there, and I want your guys' opinion. Uh, Jeremy was being judged for being a jerk on two different things, and the first one was uh, soup. Which one was it? Yes. Oh, the leaving, soup. Leaving Christy soup. at the park and ride station because he had just gotten a fresh bowl of soup, <laughs> and he chose soup over his wife. She to be. jerk, jerk, jerk. <laughs> she, she was, it was a monster commute and she let him know where she was and when she was going to be at the park and ride. And when she called him, when she arrived at the park and ride, he was still at his sister's house eating a bag of taco, uh, a bowl of taco soup. Should I give his quick version of his defense? Sure. Just so that people have the context. Sure. The soup was a taco soup and it had just been prepared for him and taco tortilla strips had been put on it for, you know, tortilla <laughs> chip strips. They were already he, softening. Right. If he had abandoned the soup to get Christy, the soup would have been worthless. <laughs> strong. Strong. Uh, well, in that case. Uh, yeah. So that's one. Jeremy's a jerk. What was the other yeah, one? Yeah, he was a jerk. Totally. Yeah. The other one was uh, they had a smell in their fridge and they kept trying to find the source <laughs> of the smell. And right. Christy was just about to throw everything out of the fridge when Jeremy found it. He found it because... He, it was some broccoli, and he just popped it into his mouth and started eating it, and it was completely <gasps> rotten. No. But since he'd had the fridge open looking for, looking for the rotten food, the smell of rotten food was already in his, in his nose, right? So he couldn't tell if this particular thing was the rotten thing. I guess not by looking. I don't know. I would think you could tell by feel or by look. Broccoli kind of smells rotten anyway. Yeah, it's not the best smelling thing. So, so he needed no. he needed a second opinion nose. He did. So he went. And he chose Christie's. He chose Christie. She happened to be asleep, but he woke her up and shoved the broccoli in her face, and it smelled terrible. And she said, "Yes, that's spoiled. Get rid of it." And then he tried to make up for that. Uh, he left, and he tried to make up for it by coming back when she, I think she was asleep again and rubbing dryer sheets in her face. Um, I know he doesn't drink anymore. <laughs> But these sound a lot like the actions of a drunk man. He might be a dry drunk. And uh, I, say, I say he's not a jerk in this case. I say he, all his motivations what? were pure and he did solve a problem just like he did for us this week. Uh, and like I said, not all heroes wear shirts. Jeremy, I think you're a hero for that. If my husband woke me up for anything other than the house is on fire, I'm locking him out of the bedroom. Okay. Okay. Uh, I had already answered this to Nerd Out Loud. My answers were yes and probably respectively. Okay. I'm I'm with Jeremy on the second one because uh, he saved them a lot of money. And he just did it a little awkwardly. But Jeremy is awkward, people. I mean, he's awkward. He knows he's awkward. And we, when he's doing something sweet, I forgive the awkwardness. Christy should know what she's signing up for. I mean, it's not a done deal yet. Mm, so you're saying this is actionable. I think the park and ride one is for sure. You add them all up and they are. Mm. Okay. Well, if we pull back the curtain on all our marriages, there, there, uh, <laughs> uh, 
You know, I don't, why I'm, I'm keeping not, my mouth shut. <laughs> Who's getting who out of here without Christy? <laughs> um, do you want me to do a Christy impression? Sure. Sure. <clears throat> Until next time, this is the next party. Oh, uh, we love you, Jen, and we love you, Andrew. Nailed it.